I'm Dana Perino. I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Rachel Campos Duffy. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, August 26, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. Russia's war isn't over six months later, but a potential nuclear disaster appears for now to have been averted, even if unintentionally. What will international overseers say? The delegates that will be going in need that verification just because of how desperate a situation that this really could be for people not only in Ukraine, but in surrounding countries. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. For weeks, the world, and especially Europe, stood frightened as both Russian and Ukrainian shelling came incredibly close to the continent's largest nuclear power facility, spawning fears of a meltdown or other catastrophe that could outweigh even that of Chernobyl. And due to circumstances and perhaps luck, some of that crisis has been prevented, but the world wants reassurances. Well, we've heard so much concern about the Zaporizhia power plant because of the increased shelling around it. And specifically what's taken place in the last couple of days in terms of escalation is that shelling actually created fires by sparking an ash pile that then damaged transmission lines and then disconnected two units from the power grid. Fox's Alex Hogan has done some extensive reporting from Ukraine's capital of Kiev. She joins us once again to discuss the nuclear fear a Russian rearming, and the marking of six months of war. Again, this is Europe's largest nuclear power plant, and it had never been disconnected from the power grid before. And essentially to break that down a little bit for our listeners of what this mean means is that every unit has a reactor in it, and there's also a cooling system which protects the power plant. So thankfully, the facility was able to be backed up and reconnected with emergency backup diesel generators. But Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky addressed the country after this happened, just saying how difficult the situation could have been. And essentially, this really could have created a nuclear disaster. So we have heard a lot in recent weeks about worries of escalation. And this is just one of those examples of the increased shelling really creating havoc. And thankfully, as the president mentioned, it wasn't as worse as it could have been. So is there a I hate to make it so sound so simple, but a a collective sigh of relief in, in this regard that perhaps there's some kind of crisis that's been averted in a way or is there still a, a, a feeling of concern here? Yeah, there's definitely a sigh of relief uh, of what could have happened yesterday or what could have happened on Thursday. That being said, there's the very real possibility that this could continue any day that there is shelling, which we see repeatedly take place. And this is just one example of that shelling creating the problems that they expect will having a nuclear power plant in the middle of a war zone. So the International Atomic Energy Agency, they have been saying for weeks that they need to get to the facility. And now finally, we're hearing that that could happen within just a couple days. But in order to get in, they do need to facilitate their routes and make sure that they will be able to travel safely into the area and then get to the power plant, which is currently under Russian occupation. What do the IAEA 
think could uh, think they'll find and what do they plan to do once they get there? They're known for inspecting the world's power plants, uh, nuclear uh, facilities and the like. Uh, they were a pretty big name in the lead up to the um, uh, invasion of Iraq. Uh, but uh, what do they hope to find when they get there or what 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 are they looking for? Might be the better way to ask the question. I think the main thing that they're hoping, according to officials, they want to get in and assess what safety protocols have been overlooked in recent months and what they need to do to make sure that the site is as secure as it could be. Right now, we are seeing that generators have been reconnected, things are back online, and safety procedures reportedly are under control. But the delegates that will be going in need that verification just because of how desperate a situation that this really could be for people not only in Ukraine but in surrounding countries. Experts say that if there were to be a nuclear catastrophe, it could spread as far as across Europe and across the Middle East. So there's widespread concern in those neighboring countries, but also especially for the people who live in the town that is right there, right outside of the power plant. I mean, buildings have been destroyed, 850 buildings in recent months because of the enormous amount of fighting that we are seeing in this part of the world. And emergency services in the nearby town of Nikopol, they have quadrupled the number of times that they're taking radiation measurements just out of fear of there being a potential radiation disaster. And here in Kyiv, the government actually released new sounds of sirens, specifically if there were uh, a radiation attack. So even though, again, this is a sigh of relief that these units were put back on the power grid, the electric grid, there's the concern that this just could happen again. We're speaking with Fox News correspondent Alex Hogan, who again is reporting from Kiev. Here on the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. We'll have more with Alex straight ahead. We are now six full months into this war, uh, and for a lot of people in Ukraine, I can imagine there's a bit of a time warp it, that it's it's either gone quickly or it's just gone so excruciatingly slowly that it's they've... They feel like they've experienced years in this in these past six months, uh, and we don't really see a sign of anything kind of slowing down yet. In fact, the United States is um, is spending more money and and will uh, um, will provide more armaments. Uh, what has uh, the Ukrainian government said, if anything, about this six month mark and about their uh, their resolve and their plans to continue fighting. Certainly the, the Russians have not said yet, uh, all right, we're done, this isn't working, or we've done enough, we're leaving. Uh, so what have the Ukrainians been saying these past few days? Well, Ukrainians marked the holiday in a very somber way. Instead of celebrating Independence Day, which was also the six-month mark, people were hunkered at home. There were more sirens blaring across the country than in any other day across the war sirens blared 189 times. That was a record. And it was a very eerie feeling given that there was the possibility of renewed attacks. And there were attacks even outside of the capital, which largely has not happened in in recent weeks and even recent months. So even though we're seeing daily attacks, there really was a, a very real difference on the six-month mark 
which again fell on Independence Day, of renewed attacks in the East and in the South, but also across the country. One of them even targeted a passenger train, killing 25 people, including children. Now, Russia says that that was a military train that was transporting troops to the front lines, so two very different stories. In recent weeks, we also haven't seen Russian forces continue to take as much territory as they had been consistently in the weeks prior. Ukraine attributes a lot of that to the increased Western aid. And specifically, we've seen this new military aid package from the U.S., nearly $3 billion, a lot of that going to long-range weapon systems, armored vehicles, and drones, which are crucial on the front lines. But The problem is, even though there is more military aid coming in from the West, Russia is ramping up its forces as well. It announced that it is bringing on or will hope to bring on an additional 137,000 troops by the end of the year. And that's largely thought to be an attempt to recover the losses over the last six months. And for the the average Ukrainian, they're, they're just they're kind of helpless. They're sitting here. They're watching this. They know their country is fighting, that it's not neither winning nor losing just yet. But uh, the, the future is so uncertain. So I can imagine that the average citizen is still trying to figure out whether to stay or to go uh, or or what other plans to make. Is, is, is that still the case or have people just said, oh, this is just the new reality for us? Well, there's a a tremendous amount of uncertainty, and especially if you're living in the southern or eastern part of the country, people have gotten used to shelling, which is a really difficult thing to wrap your mind around, especially if you're living somewhere as as safe as the U.S., where the idea where you would have daily shelling, and that is becoming normalized, whereas here in the capital, hearing sirens is normalized. So it's, it's difficult for people to figure out where they'll be in a week's time rather than a month or, or move forward in that mindset of how you approach life in a war zone. People here in Kiev have started to come back and started to live life in as much normalcy as they can find. But anywhere you walk, even in a place like the Capitol, there are memorials everywhere. There are markers of the brutality and the violence of the war that's playing out around the country. Alex Hogan, our Fox News correspondent in Kiev, thank you once again for joining us on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Evan, thank you. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. 